This is the My Child Will Thrive podcast, and I'm your host, Tara Hunkin, nutritional therapy practitioner, certified GAPS practitioner, restorative wellness practitioner, and mother. I'm thrilled to share with you the latest information, tips, resources, and tools to help you on the path to recovery for your child with ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder, or learning disabilities. My own experiences with my daughter, combined with as much training as I can get my hands on, research I can dig into, and conferences I can attend, have helped me to develop systems and tools for parents like you who feel overwhelmed trying to help their children. So sit back as I share another great topic to help you on your journey. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit. In order to learn more about the summit and to sign up for free, please go to www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. Welcome back to the My Child Will Thrive podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about a topic that came up during my recent attendance at the Medical Academy of Pediatric Special Needs Conference. I attended a full day session um, that is called the Advanced Clinical Matrix in Neurology um, because it's part of the training and um, it was it's always interesting to me how many things that although we may have already been taught these things, they highlight or they underscore why we're already doing other treatments with our children. So without further ado, that's why I decided to talk to you today about whether or not your child is, is in need of myelination support. So the advanced clinical matrix starts with a discussion of what normal neurology is which makes sense because we need to understand how that the brain should be developing. Many important stages are highlighted through this conversation or lecture, but one jumped out immediately that can explain many of the symptoms and medical vulnerabilities that our children have. It also gives us more reason to press forward with some of the interventions you and I are already undertaking or add them as this may be your one missing piece. Myelination is a process that begins in utero, starting in with areas like the brainstem, the corticospinal tract, and other areas that are needed for our children's survival. Why is this important? Well, I'm going to get into that, so if you could just hang in there while I explain a few of the basics of the neuronal development, just in case you don't have a background in neurobiology. I know I didn't when I first started out. Myelination itself is the process of forming of a lipid or fatty and protein covering around the axons of many peripheral and central nervous system neurons. So to break that down a little bit further, neurons are the main cells in the brain and are made up of axons, they're made up of three parts, axons, cell bodies, and dendrites. The dendrites receive input from other neurons through their tree-like branches, and the dendrites dendrites then lead to a cell body, which then leads to axons. The axons are like wires of varying lengths. Um, They can be as small as microscopic to three feet in length, and they carry the electrical signals. So you can see why the axons have an important role as well. Neurons can receive either an excitatory or an inhibitory signal um, through, through the axons, 
and the excitatory signal will result in a neuron firing off its own signal, and an inhibitory one means the neuron is less likely to fire off a signal. The axons that carry these signals are separated from the dendrites of a neighboring neuron by a synapse. And a synapse is in a microscopic space between them. Once the electrical signal reaches the end of the axon, it triggers a chemical messenger, a neurotransmitter, which I'm sure you've all heard about neurotransmitters before, which then floats over to the dendrite of the neighbor and either excites or inhibits it, and the chain continues. So now that you see the picture of how neurons work and the role of axons in it, and as I mentioned before, myelination is the process of forming the lipid uh, or fatty and protein covering around the axons. And so we're gonna talk about why that's so important and how that impacts brain function. I imagine you might even be able to guess at this point why it's important. Now that we understand that the protective sheath around the part of the neuron that carries the electrical signals from one neuron to the next. And this can explain, for example, slow processing times in our children and our children's tendencies to get overwhelmed. So when those that sheath isn't in place, the electrical signals aren't coming across between the neurons in the brain as fast, we can see that our children's have trouble processing things. It takes them longer than others sometimes to understand and to react. And that possibly as a consequence of that, they get very overwhelmed very quickly, but also possibly from a, a sensory um, overload. Um, one of the first pathways that we need to understand that, that starts to be myelinated is the medial longitudinal fasciculus excuse my pronunciation. Why is this important? Well, that particular part of the brain is involved in the vestibulo-ocular reflex, or the VOR. And you may have heard of the VOR talked about before. Um, when a child has an impaired VOR, they can have some or, the, or uh, all of the following symptoms. You may recognize your child in this. Dizziness when reading or focusing on an object gets motion sickness easily, um, or the opposite, they can spin or, or be spun without getting, and spin and spin and spin, sorry, we've seen lots of our kids do this, without getting sick. They sometimes bump into things or, or are clumsy. They have difficulty doing math work. Um, sometimes they're misdiagnosed with learning disabilities, especially dyslexia, dyscalculia, or other reading disabilities. And they have spatial awareness weakness, which is partially why they'll bump into things. Um, and sensory issues, which I was talking about, the overwhelm, and ADHD. So all of those symptoms are, um, are noted when a child has an impaired VOR. And so we can imagine that if the, the, that part of the brain isn't appropriately myelinated, that might be a part of why the, the VRR is impaired in the first place. We also know that unmyelinated nerves are more vulnerable to neurotoxins. And I think we, we've had many conversations on this podcast as well as on the blog 
And I'm sure you've heard from others about the impact of neurotoxins on our children. They seem to be more reactive to them. So what can we conclude from all of this? Uh, well, the regression that's seen in some children with autism may be due to the impaired myelination and the impact of the toxins on those unmyelinated or less myelinated nerves and, and neurons and axons. And also it can be the result of nutritional de deficiencies and um, metabolic, autoimmune, and viral causes are also all possible. In the end, really what we all want to know is what steps we can take with your child to stimulate myel myelination or myelin repair in some cases. Interestingly enough, many of the items on this list that I'm going to give you are recommendations we see that support many other uh, things that we're trying to do with our children. So there's a lot of overlap here, which probably lends itself to, again, what I mentioned earlier, is that a lot of the supports we have in place may also be helping myelination, which in turn may be the root for your child of why their, their uh, processing problems happened in the first place. So the first thing that you will want to do is support the mitochondria. We take a lot of energy to myelinate and we need to ensure that the little powerhouses, being the mitochondria, are working well to support those energy requirements. This is not something you've probably already heard before. Mitochondrial support and mitochondrial dysfunction is something that happens um, in, in many of our children. And again, what comes first, we don't know all the time, but in the, in the end, supporting the mitochondrial function uh, tends to help many of our children. One of the supplements that um, you've probably already heard lots talked about is uh, B12, usually in the form of methyl B12 or methylcobalamin is recommended. This also will help support myelination and uh, in addition to that or in combination with that, uh, making sure your child is getting enough folate um, which could be in the form of folinic acid or methylfolate, depending on your child's particular circumstances. If you look at the show notes for this episode too, I want to recommend that you take a look at them um, because I have put a number of references to articles that support um, these recommendations. The other thing that you want to make sure that your child is doing is eating or being supplemented with essential fatty acids. Uh, it, in particular, we want to make sure that um, aside from the, the typical um, omega-3 um, supplementation that we are also ensuring that appropriate levels of DHA are in those supplements as they have been shown to promote um, optimal brain function and development. The other way to do it through diet is we've seen great results through the use of a ketogenic diet uh, because the ketones that are, are generated through the use of a ketogenic diet are great fuel for the brain and again support uh, the mitochondria. One of the other things that we need to do is ensure that our children have optimal cholesterol levels both in their diet and that they are maintaining optimal cholesterol uh, levels themselves. 
And we notice that a lot of our children have low cholesterol for a number of different reasons, which I won't go in depth with today. But um, be sure to be checking with your practitioner to, to see that your child's cholesterol levels are appropriate because in turn, this will support help healthy hormone production. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about thyroid as well. So we also want to make sure we're supporting healthy sleep in our kids. Um, there have been plenty of studies that have shown that uh, sleep is imperative to brain um, repair and regeneration. So we want to support healthy sleep in any way we can. And we want to, as I mentioned before, check to, to ensure that uh, hormone levels are appropriate, in particular the thyroid hormone is functioning op- optimally. Because without going, uh, without going into depth in this, uh, thyroid hormones impact myelination from the earliest development right from inner utero and then beyond that. So ensuring that they have uh, an optimal or optimal functional, not just a deficient, but we want to make sure they are in optimal um, thyroid function ranges. Uh, so make sure you speak to your practitioner about that, that those are being checked. Another thing we want to make sure our children are doing is getting enough exercise. And obviously, this has obvious benefits to, in many areas, but in particular with respect to myelination, is um, it stimulates the production of BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotropic factor. And research has shown that increased levels of BDNF will help increase the rate of myelination as well as the thickness of the sheath around the axon. So once again, exercise of any kind is going to be helpful for your child. In addition to exercise, you can also supplement with vitamin C, which has also been shown to have many benefits, but it can help turn on the genes that help in the production of BDNF as well. So both exercise and vitamin C can increase the BDNF levels in your child's body and and in turn um, support myelination. And of course, we do know that vitamin C has so many other benefits, so it's um, an easy one to add in to benefit many areas of their health. And the last thing on the list is to avoid EMFs, so electromagnetic frequencies. And this is very interesting because the research has shown that EMFs actually damage the myelin in young children and fetuses. So we want to ensure that we're minimizing them to the, to the extent that we can. And the, the first practical step that you can take in doing that is just turning your Wi-Fi and your house off in the evening and reducing um, as many of those types of frequencies as you can um, throughout your home. Just to summarize all this, because I know it's a lot of information all at once, and hopefully this will tighten it down without all the science um, and neurobiology details within there. Overall, um, we, we know that myelination is a key process in brain development that begins in utero and continues throughout the teenage, teenage years at least. We also know that symptoms of possible insufficient myelination include slow processing time, a tendency to get overwhelmed, 
an impaired VOR, which can include symptoms like dizziness when reading or focusing on an object, getting motion sickness easily, or spinning and spinning without getting sick, bumping into things or being clumsy, having difficulty doing math work, uh, a misdiagnosis of learning disabilities, especially dyslexia and dyscalculia and other reading disabilities, and spatial awareness weakness, sensory issues, and ADHD. It's quite a long list. What are the things that you can do to support ongoing myelination? The first thing is making sure you have mitochondrial support in place. The second thing, and to be honest, these aren't in any particular order, so these are just things that you would, you would consider doing um, to help your child, depending on their particular circumstance. The second thing would be looking at B12 and folate supplementation. The third being a vitamin C supplementation. Fourth, um, essential fatty acids, including DHA. Fifth being ketogenic diet. The sixth being optimal, making sure they have optimal cholesterol levels. Then looking at optimal thyroid function and ensuring they have optimal sleep and um, that they're getting exercise and that we're doing our best to reduce their exposure to EMFs. Now, I know that's a lot of things, but I think when you look at that list, there are probably a number of things in there that you've already considered doing for other reasons, but in the end, they can also be supportive of that myelination. I would also recommend that you take a look at your child's history and see if the root is this early um, challenges in terms of getting proper myelination in the first place, because that will help you figure out where the root of your child's issues may be coming from, and then you can start tackling the pieces. Because if you go to the root of those problems, you're gonna start to knock off um, the things that you need to do most for your child um, to help them move forward the best. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you today. I would love to get your feedback, either on the comments on the uh, blog, send me an email at info at mychildwillthrive.com and let me know what your thoughts are on this or if you have more questions, I'd be happy to try and answer them. As always, I recommend you uh, talk to your practitioner about anything that you learn and see where this fits in into your treatment plan for your child. And I will be bring some more thoughts from my time at the MAPS conference uh, very soon. And uh, so look out for, for more of this next week on the My Child Will Thrive podcast. Thanks for joining me today. My Child Will Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare practitioner. The information provided on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat your child. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any information or treatments that you have learned about on this podcast. There are many gifted, passionate, and knowledgeable practitioners with hundreds if not thousands of hours of study and clinical experience available to help guide you. Part of our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools you need to effectively advocate for your child so that you don't blindly implement each new treatment that comes along. No one knows your child better than you. No one knows your child's history like you do or can better judge what is normal or abnormal for your child. 
The greatest success in recovery comes from the parent being informed and asking the right questions and making the best decisions for their child in coordination with a team of qualified practitioners in different areas of specialty. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me this week on the My Child Will Thrive podcast. I want to share with you the free tools I've created to help you on your journey. So head to mychildwillthrive.com forward slash library to get free access now. And as they say, it takes a village. Join us in the My Child Will Thrive Village Facebook group, where you can meet like-minded parents and stay up to date on everything we have going on at My Child Will Thrive. This is Tara Hunkin, and I'll catch you on the next podcast or over at mychildwillthrive.com.